Hi, everybody. Oh, we sure are glad you could join us during this magical time of the year to help us celebrate the season. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Good evening. This is Walter Cronkite. Tonight, we welcome you to a joyous celebration of the season. Welcome to Holiday Illuminations. Everybody and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 431, and I'm here once again to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday on Facebook, special events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, and in the Google Play Store. So this week, I want to invite you to join me as we look back at the 2015 Walt Disney World Year in Review. We'll discuss what was new, announced, and lost along the way, and speculate at what the future may hold. I'll then share some of my predictions for what might be coming in the short and long term to Walt Disney World as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package, Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about upcoming events in Walt Disney World and on the road, as well as your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. end of December already? Has Buddy the Elf come and gone? Is it still 85 degrees in Florida? It's yes to all those questions. Uh, I cannot believe it is December either. It has been a uh, a very long and winding road. A a topsy-turvy year, as it were. Sort of like a ride on Space Mountain. Right? It was full of twists and turns, and you, I couldn't always see where I was going, and sometimes you laughed, and you cried, and you screamed, but it was still the ride of your life, and you can't wait to go and do it over and over and over again. So I wanted to look back and recap and celebrate the Walt Disney World year in review, and in order to look back, I wanted to bring along a few friends and Becky, to help me remember all that's happened and maybe even peek ahead at what's to come. So, spoiler alert, I gave it away. Joining me once again is Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. More like, wait a second, let me uh, rephrase that. It's Becky the Hutt from Tatooine. Oh, my gosh. Really? You you went there right away. You had oh, to go there oh, just right do it, away. Just do it one time. <laughs> Mangello, and you've already heard from Tony Thickness Caggiano, also known as Grand Moff Caggiano. 
Thanks for having me on. Hi. That's princess to you, by the way. <laughs> you're uh, you're trying to be um, low and sultry because a uh, a first timer to the show, who is a good man, a good friend, who's doing good things in the world, one person at a time. You know him and love him as Johnny Shortsleeve from the swamp pl- planet of Dagobah. Johnny, welcome. My man, what's happening? What's going on, brother? Up top. Right now. Johnny Shortsleeve uh, <laughs> leading the high five revolution, by the way. That's how we do it, man. That's how, that's how we make people happy. Put a smile on someone's face. Give them a high five. Strangers, friends, family members, everybody. Give them a high five. Absolutely. And to date, you have not been maced once, correct? Not yet. Uh, pepper spray. Does that count? No. Not at all. <laughs> that's a different category, it's right? It's more like a seasoning. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Reno 911. Put it on a hot dog. It's good. <laughs> So I listen. First of all, thank you guys for joining me. It is a uh, it's a wonderful, crazy time of year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus. We're getting ready for a little baby New Year to deliver Italian meats and cheeses, and the New Year um, coming. But uh, 2016 flew by, and we were even saying before we uh, hit record that we're thinking back, and some things seemed like they were yesterday. Some things seemed like, um, you know, they were so, so long ago. And I think there's a lot of big announcements and big additions and big events and big meals and a few losses. So if I ask you to think back just off the top of your head, Tony Caggiano, you first. If you think back to 2015, what's the first Disney-related thing that comes to your mind? Jack Lindsay's Hangar Bar. Nice. Yeah. That's why I like you, man. Uh, Becky Mankin. Disney related only? Really? Um, honestly, I think it's the Alaska cruise that we did. I would hope it would be. And uh, Johnny Shortsleeve. Man, you know me. I'm an, I'm a up top, kind of high-spirited kind of guy. But the thing that kind of sticks out to me the most is a, is a loss for the year. And it's my favorite band of all time, there's Mulch, Sweat, and Shears at Hollywood yeah. Studios. Uh, they uh, they closed the show in October, but there's big news. They're coming back uh, very soon, January 8th, coming to the House of Blues. They're rebranded as American Martian. So that's good news then. Nice. We ended yes. off on a good note. I like how you you, you spin that there. And, and yeah. just by a little way of, of backstory, you are a local, longtime Disney World guy. You are a family man. You have a wonderful Wonder Woman wife and three beautiful children, by the way. Congratulations on the new edition in 2015. That's where you're supposed to go, but that's all right. (laughs) Oh, you said Disney-related. Well, it was Disney-related. You take the kids to the parks every day. while we were at Disney, so I guess it's kind of related. That's right. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, um, it was either D23 Expo or the Alaska Cruise. Um, you know, I think maybe the Alaska cruise came from more of a, a personal place than uh, a Disney related place, but I tried to think of, right, what's sort of the, the Disney related event that came to mind. And it was just, there was just so much that had happened there and we'll touch on it a little bit. Uh, but I really did want to bring you guys on, not because I like you in any way, shape or form, but I really need you to help <laughs> me, uh, remember what I have forgotten throughout the year because I'm old and I'm in somewhat of a food coma as always. So help me out. I thought what we would do is really kind of just go month by month, try and hit on some of the bigger and smaller additions and losses and news that, that, that may have come to the to the parks and sort of some of the ancillary things that may have been attached to it, including the movies and, and cruise lines and whatnot. And like I said, feel free to jump in if I miss anything, because these are in no particular order 
other than what I remembered, what I looked at on my calendar, and what I was able to search on AltaVista.com. So back in January 2014, low of those nearly 12 months ago, the Disney's Polynesian Resort Village, Village, and Bungalows Disney Vacation Club property bungalows went on that's sale. That's a mouthful. <laughs> that's a lot, yeah. I think that's the, close to the official title. No, uh, obviously the, the, the name of the Polynesian changed, but I think for me, one of the things I remember is when they announced and, and put the bungalows up on sale. You talk about sort of a, a game changer in the places that you can stay on property and the different types of experiences you can have. Uh, I remember fondly, as I fear in the next few weeks, getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning four nights in a row for the Walt Disney World Marathon <laughs> is, uh, is back again. It is always a good time. We love it while we're there. But as we start to get close to those uh, very, very early mornings, my hands start to shake just a little bit. But it is still one of the, uh, the, the keystone events of the year. I think not just for Disney fans, but now Disney fans who are runners. Obviously, we have the WDW Radio running team with now 500-plus members from around the planet that that sort of converge on the parks and restaurants that weekend. And it really is a lot of fun and, and to sort of the Johnny Shortsleeve mission. We really do a lot of good there in terms of raising money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Oftentimes, we get to meet one or, one or more of the families that we sponsor throughout the year. So Marathon has really come to be more than uh, a running event. It's a social event. It's a, it's a charity event. Uh, and it's one of those things that, for me, I, I really, really enjoy. Tony, I know you stay as far away from running as possible. And, and Johnny, we have not lured you into the grasp of uh, Marathon Weekend it. yet. But, uh, but Becky, I'm sure you remember our breakfast on garbage cans that weekend very, very fondly. Absolutely. It's one of those things that we grumble a lot beforehand, especially as we get close, because that 2 a.m. alarm is an early day. But when you're standing there and when we get to see everybody run past and when you get to see all the people, all the sweaty huggers coming up and giving you that love, you know, it really is a lot of are we, fun. Are we doing that again this year? <clears throat> I don't we, know. Should we? I don't know. Oh, you got to do the sweaty hugs. Well, you know, sweaty <laughs> hugs last year almost didn't happen because the uh, the 5K day, the first day was oh. so cold. How cold it was. was it? It was so cold that I ran. Like just to see, <laughs> he, he actually ran. He was off like a shot and gone. <laughs> and then I realized about mile one. That's really the tipping point for me when it starts to not get fun. And then I just stopped and was taking selfies with people. So that's that's my kind of marathon. Well, normally for your sweaty hug thing, that that started because I was getting bored at the <laughs> cheering, and I wanted to to have a little fun with it. So we texted <clears throat> the running team and said for every sweaty hug. Uh, M.E.I. and Mouse Fan Travel would donate a dollar to the Make-A-Wish charity. And it went over really well. And every year it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. So, you know what? It's for the kids. Let's go ahead and do it again. But I have, I have to I see a, it and I, count it. So I had another idea. So I'll, I'll talk to you what? about that offline. You just uh, wait. See, it's one of the many things. What, this there's scares so many me things. because we haven't talked for <clears throat> so long that I am now very afraid that there's this that's list the secret. Out there. Don't you know that that's a secret to our relationship is, oh, is the boy. time that we don't talk and then you just bring things on me like hey let's do a 40 hour show exactly remember those yeah so looking forward to uh marathon weekend and the meets and the eats uh once again let's continue on back with january 2015 because we did have some additional losses as well uh the tomorrowland arcade closed next to space mountain we'll touch on that as we get close to the end 
demolition began, love it or not, uh, as the internet lost its collective mind on the hat at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Very quickly, without getting into a side discussion, the hat, the Sorcerer Mickey hat at Disney's Hollywood Studios, did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you happy to see it go? Did you not care? Did you, have you, Becky, do you even know where we're talking about? Well, yes, I do know where we're talking about, and I'm, I was kind of over that, so I'm actually happy to see the icon return back to the theater. Johnny Shortsleeve, I know you dig uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Thoughts on the hat? Yeah, man, I'm old school. I remember going down there when it opened as a kid, and uh, you know, just that that view going straight down, you know, streets of America or, or uh, streets of America. That's on the other side of the park. Uh, was it Hollywood Boulevard? And you see, you know, the, the Chinese Theater. Uh, then when they put the hat up, I knew I understood. It's like, okay, this is going to be here for a year or so. It'll be gone, and then it just lingered, and it lingered longer. And <laughs> I just thought. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this thing to move on. And when it did, I I wasn't cheering, but man, it was cool to just stand there at the right as you walk in the park and just to see the Chinese theater again from one end was really cool for me. I like that. Cagiano? Yeah, I I thought it was cool, like Johnny was saying. I thought it was cool when I thought it was temporary. So, you know, I'm a guy who didn't mind the uh the birthday cake castle. I thought it was cool because it was temporary. They turned a castle into a birthday cake, they put up a giant hat. Um I agree with but you I, 100% on yeah. that, Tony. I, I think yeah. you and I are the only people that agree on that. Yeah, well, I think it's an amazing feat. They did something really cool, temporary, moved on. It's in the, you know, it's in the past. And I'm glad the hat's gone. I like – it feels more immersive when you see the theater at the end of the street as opposed to the hat. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's my opinion of it. I just – so I'm not – I wasn't upset when it was gone. I, like, I wasn't a kid, unfortunately, when the place opened, but I remember – I remember walking in there and feeling like you were on old Hollywood. That's kind of what they want, or Hollywood. That's what they wanted to go for. And I missed that. And I'm glad it's back. Yeah. I wasn't upset when it was there and I wasn't upset when it was gone, but yeah. like you, I was nostalgic. I grew up with the hat not being there, but I also yeah. acknowledge that for many kids, they did grow up with the hat. So that sort of was their icon. Doesn't matter. It's gone. We've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple Sorry, other, kids. Uh, <laughs> other re- move on. And one of the my favorite editions in January was the new queue at Peter Pan's flight in uh, Magic Kingdom. My favorite character, one of my favorite movies, one of obviously the still the most popular attractions. And I will tell you, I think the interactive queue with the shadows and the the um, I don't want to give away too much. But how you very much interact with the environment is just brilliant and really, uh, I think, one of the next steps in what we're starting to see in the interactivity of and soon to be, I think, personalization of some of the experiences as well. Becky's never been to Fantasyland because she doesn't like children. But Johnny and Tony, have you guys seen the, the Peter Pan queue yet? I have, and I just had some family in town a couple months ago, and when uh, they were kind of figuring out what they wanted to do, they mentioned Peter Pan. I said, don't get a fast pass for that. This is counterintuitive of what you may think, but we got to go to the standby line because it's so cool. And I don't mind standing in a long time because now it's air-conditioned in there, so if it's a hot day, you go in there and get some relief, and there's all that, that – yeah, like you said, I don't want to spoil it, but there's some cool, cool things they've done in there. And you know, I've got young kids who like to bounce around, and they don't mind standing in line there because of that interactive element. Well, I think you forget that you're standing in line. That's, that's the whole key. Yep. yep. Yeah, it really cuts down on the, the feel of how long you're standing in line. And uh, my kids are seven and nine, and yeah, it keeps them entertained. They're not, they're not getting antsy, and they're actually – they're looking forward to the ride, but – they're in all these 
new cues that they're putting in, these interactive cues. My kids, if the, we get online and there's no line, it still takes us 20 minutes to get through the, through the queue. We're letting people pass us so the kids could see it. It's an attraction in itself. I agree. So I'm, I'm going to blow through some of these relatively quickly because I'm sure in the next eight months or 10 months that we're going to be going through, there's going to be a couple of, of longer stopping points. But in February, Starbucks opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios, really like the theming of the Trolley Car Cafe. The Richard Petty Driving Experience announces that they're going to close for quote-unquote transportation improvements. Don't know exactly what they are, what those are yet, but obviously at this point in 2015, the Richard Petty Driving Experience and the entire track has been demolished and uh, no sort of horizontal or vertical new construction has started yet. Um, speaking of <laughs> the parks, they also announced, and, and I always put this in air quotes, it was announced that ticket prices were finally going to um, hit the, the triple-digit mark, and they were going to be at $100 a day. And I remember, again, the internet and major media collectively lost their marbles, and then I, I tried to rein people and said, wait, time out a second. Ticket prices, yes, on paper are $100 a day if you buy a one-day, one-park ticket to the Magic Kingdom. But in reality, when you come to visit and vacation at Walt Disney World, you're really not doing that. And then once you stay three, five, seven, 10, 12, 14 days, obviously that no, that number goes down quite a bit. That being said, all the other theme parks in the area, I don't know what they were called, I just understand that there are other theme parks in the area, started to uh, to, to follow suit. And it was an interesting discussion because people started to talk about, well, what's, what's the ceiling, right? At what point, at what dollar figure do we say, hey, I, I can't go anymore? And I think all of us are either local residents or annual pass holders or DVC members, whatever it may be. And I, for me, I always felt that, again, I wasn't sort of paying that, we're not paying $100 per day, but you know, I never sort of felt that even as the prices increased that I wasn't getting value for my money. Um, but I think it just, you know, with inflation as it were and prices going up, it, it was not just Disney World that did it. And, uh, and I guess prices will, you know, next year we'll be talking about how it's $105, $110, whatever it may be. You know, I'm one of those people who probably is going to have a very unpopular answer about this because, I, you know, I'm not going to say I don't care. I understand the infrastructure that goes on to make that place what it is. You know, I, I literally, I live down the street from Walt Disney World. And I, when I pass through some of the, the spaces where they have, like, for example, great, great example. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Lou. Have you seen the solar panels they're putting up in Epcot around the outside perimeter of the property? No. Uh, they they're just installed literally a couple of days ago. There's a huge solar panel farm that they're building on two different spots on outside the, the rim of Epcot, you know, just for, for power and, and all that kind of cool stuff. And I look at that and say, you know, I know how much it costs to put a solar panel on your roof. This is hundreds <laughs> of these things. And I think that's a lot of money. And, you know, you, you like you said, you get a lot of good value and, and the experiences that are yet to come. Some of the things they've been teasing us with, with, you know, the Animal Kingdom, what's still yet to come. And even Hollywood Studios got some cool stuff coming. It costs a lot of money. I mean, just a parking garage. I think you, <laughs> Lou, were the one telling me how much that parking garage at Disney Springs, the first one costs. And I, it literally blew me away how much that stuff costs. Right. And yeah. I think you're smart to acknowledge that that all these things and all these improvements and, and employing 60,000 plus people every single day, you know, all these things not just take time, but they but they do take money as well and, and a great deal of money. Yeah, I think that it's it's not cheap. Um, when we came down this past uh, trip about two weeks ago, we didn't have annuals and we got a one-day ticket. And it was a lot of money. It was $400 per day. But I was thinking about it and, you know, 
I got my money's worth. We were entertained from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. And um, so it was one of those things where I was accepting of it. If it was cheaper, I'd be happy. I'm not going to argue with you. But I do understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know what I'm saying. But I understand where they're coming from. So Right. I mean, look, if you're, if, you're in, if you're maximizing your time in the park and there's, they told me there'd be no math. But if you're spending 10 hours in the park or 12 hours in the park, it's less than $10 an hour that you're spending yeah, so was, for that no, kind was, of experience. Yeah. Also, during February, they announced Disney Cruise Line, which I think is sort of an extension of the Walt Disney World experience, and I'm saying this for other reasons as well. Disney Cruise Lines announces Star Wars Day at Sea. Fifteen minutes later, WWE <laughs> Radio announces we'll be doing a cruise during the Star Wars <laughs> Day at Sea. Uh, Becky, you know how that morning uh, happened. They announced it at like nine. I emailed and texted you right. I'm like, we have to do it. We were on a phone call ten minutes later. We picked our date. And we announced it on the live show that night because I'm like, it's just too perfect. It's Star Wars Day at Sea. It's the ninth anniversary. It's the Super Bowl. All three of the you know the planets have aligned, and and we just need to do this. We'll and figure it's the Fat de- Tuesday, and it's everything else. It's all rolled into one. I don't think I had more texts from you in a running five minute period ever in our entire. Let, friendship. let me just explain something to you. Yes, for me. Every Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. So <laughs> I don't distinguish one versus the other. Very good point. Fair, fair enough. And and of course, because it is Star Wars as well, you put Star Wars together with cruising and with you, it was a natural shocking. So <laughs> that was uh, that was definitely one of the most exciting days of throwing together an event as quickly as we possibly could. Because you're right, it was perfectly matched for the WDW Radio family. And speaking of the family and the anniversary, February 2015 also marked the 8th anniversary of WDW Radio. We had our 8th anniversary weekend event, which was a lot of fun at the uh, the cabins at Fort Wilderness. We just got a cabin. We hung out. There was food and food. I don't remember much else after the food other than going to make Tony- s'mores. And Tony barbecued. Tony barbecued. Yeah. Lots of food. And you didn't think I was going to survive a cabin. I just want to point out I did very well and I enjoyed myself. So I need the executive cabin. With- <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. It was great to have everybody hang out right there. And we had all the picnic tables that we pulled together and people could come and go. That was a really fun event. Yeah, we played games. We did trivia yeah. stuff. And, and that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you Lou should... was like, oh, we're just going to relax at the cabins. And then I made – I had to cook 275 uh, hamburgers. So, yeah, it was relaxing. He meant him. He meant him, not you. Yeah, Hello? Exactly. I'm going to relax and Tony's going to cook. Exactly. Exactly what oh, happened. Oh, you had a good time. You missed – I did. I cooked hamburgers from like noon till what, 11 p.m. I was still cooking hamburgers for us. Yeah, but it was neat to just we uh, had a good you know. Time. Yeah, it was. We and we lucked out, right? The weather was just absolutely perfect that day too. So I got chased by security for having eleven people on a golf cart. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you should get. You, you should have gotten a referral, Lou, from Disney because after we went to that party, my daughter said, "I want to go stay in one of these cabins." So of course we did. And then my friends were coming down in the summer. They said, "Where should we stay?" I said, "Man, I had a lot of fun at the cabins." So they rented two cabins. I wouldn't have given that recommendation if it wasn't for the party. Yeah, man, it was a good time. It was good, good times over there. It really you know? was. Yeah. And we for should us do that as locals, again. yeah, I mean, you know, for us as locals, the cabins, I just did it again for my daughter's birthday. It's sort of like a mini getaway, right? You sort of forget that you live five minutes from there. And it's not that expensive. I mean, compare, you know, if you're comparing to some of the other places on property, mm-hmm. 
it's and there's a lot of fun things to do. And it's mosquito free for the most part. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, and just, oh, and oh like, by the way, you can book your trip to the Fort Wilderness cabins through MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Visit mousefantravel.com for a free no obligation quote. Yeah, and ask for a fast golf. <laughs> nice job. That's right. Fat, get the golf. That, <laughs> that let me tell you, the, the golf cart is the best sixty-five dollars you're ever going to spend. Yes, <laughs> and you could put twelve people on it, according no, to Tony. Cash no, 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 <laughs> no. I legally, said according to Tony. Legally, you cannot put twelve people on a cart. Not. What we did is a different. There's story. There's the reformed attorney right um, there. So just very quickly, so as long as we're talking about some WWE radio stuff, um, that was a lot of fun too because that's when um, I had sort of I started giving out something new that the WWE Radio Magic Band covers. It's also when I launched the WWE Radio Nation, which is a, a new initiative on my part, really to um, help create even a, a deeper sense of community um, where people could, uh, you know, get additional content and scavenger hunts and all kinds of different rewards every month. And I was really and continue to be overwhelmed and grateful for the outpouring of, of love and support from so many people who are part of uh, the nation. It's really, really been a lot of fun and a, and a great way, again, like I said, to extend the, you know, the, the, the community and the family. I look at the nation members like you guys as, as part of my extended family. So that was a lot of fun. It was a scary thing leading up to it, but uh, I, I'm really, really appreciative of the uh, of the response that we continue to get. All right, moving into March, because this show is going to be six hours long. Uh, <laughs> Flower and Garden Festival opens. And I mention that because you look at me and you say, clearly Lou Mangello loves the Food and Wine Festival. I've really come to love the Flower and Garden Festival a lot and, and come to really appreciate not just the marketplace kiosks, and I like the fact that there's 11 instead of maybe the 30 at Food and Wine Festival, but... A lot of the events and the horticultural stuff that's there and just the beauty of the flowers and the topiaries. And there's an, an added dimension, I think, an added layer to Flower and Garden that's really starting to make me lean towards liking that. I don't want to say over Food and Wine Festival because I like that one wow. too. But, but you know what I mean? Because it is <laughs> no sort of way. a mini food. It's a mini food and wine festival with some neat stuff, you know, and some, some beautiful stuff thrown on top as well. And don't forget they have the, you know, the concert series too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. There's a lot to it, and especially as a local. I really like going, Johnny, I'm sure you're like me, like especially during the week when the crowds aren't crazy and the weather is still really nice that time of year. I, I dig Flower and Garden uh, a lot. Um, moving over to the Magic Kingdom, again, one of these things that when we saw it on paper, some people were like, oh, you're, you're changing the layout of, of Magic Kingdom. It's been the same way for 40 years. I love what they did and started rolling out in February with the new fireworks and the parade viewing areas in the Magic Kingdom. I think those gardens and the pathways and the fountains and these outdoor areas really make it feel like a park, which to me sort of completes the story of Main Street USA, this town square that continues to grow. If you live or grew up in a small town, you, you do, you have that. You sort of have that flagpole at the, in the middle of town square and at the end of the street, you have the community park and that's really what that area feels like and I love watching families and kids just taking off their shoes and running in the grass or having sort of little picnics, you know, with, with food that they get from Casey's or wherever and then having some additional space to watch the fireworks. Yes, I lament the loss of the Plaza Swan Boats. May you rest in peace, that little area down there. But I think what they've done now is beautiful and really sort of opens up that uh, the hub so much more to guests and crowds and being able to maneuver a lot more easily, especially during the parades and fireworks. 
It's so much less crowded and it's so comfortable during the day. Like you said, just watching families hang out and the kids run around and uh, it's almost like a picnic atmosphere during the day, which I really enjoyed watching people. It's a great people watching area. But when you're watching the fireworks or the parades, it doesn't feel like you're packed in there like you did before. I think they did a great job with the whole area. Yeah, and I know Johnny likes to take his kids Put them on a leash, just tie the leash to one of the fences and then go off for a couple hours because you know the kids will be – no? I'm, was that- no, they, they, they know that you know, we, we can get up. Uh, They'll be back eventually. They, they, they get hungry. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you brought up a really good point about that, Lou, and I'm sure now that I said this, this is no longer going to be the case. But um, you know, I think a lot of people have – they've programmed themselves of where they want to go and how, the, the path they want to take. So if I'm going up Main Street and I know I'm going to go to the Haunted Mansion, I might go in front of Casey's and Crystal Palace and go that way or straight up Main Street. And people don't realize that when it gets busy, like today it was busy down at the parks, uh, they still have that little – uh, path that they take but now with these little gardens there that opened up they, these are like little shortcuts to like once it's jammed and you can't go anywhere people don't use them yet and i'm thinking hey this is like my own little secret fast pass how to get through the crowds yeah i like it a lot um and now with the, with the turrets up and you know it's making the parade and fireworks viewing even more enjoyable um mm-hmm. all right quickly going down to disney springs the marketplace co-op gallery opens down there which has quickly become especially for walt disney world nostalgics one of their favorite places to shop uh, outside the parks we get the announcement that two of walt disney world's biggest attractions are getting even bigger soren is getting a new theater screens and projection of that toy story midway mania is getting a new track for some strange reason, Aloha Isle and Sunshine Tree Terrace decide to switch locations. Um, they swap one for the other. I think now in hindsight, we know it's because of the Skipper Canteen, maybe some theming and some story issues. Over at Epcot at Innoventions, the Think, Where's the Fire, and Great Piggy Bank Adventure, which I actually liked, uh, all closed, and Be Our Guest starts serving for breakfast. We also get, maybe somewhat accidentally, thank you, Bob Iger, that Disney's Hollywood Studios is going to get a name change. Still, nine months later, we don't know what that is. Uh, Tony, Johnny, and Becky, if you had to venture a guess and or play head of Imagineering, what do you think or want the Disney's Hollywood Studios new name to be? Because you know we're going to get that very soon. I don't really know. I mean... um... I thought that the Disney Hollywood Studios was a good change from MGM, obviously, when they stopped working with MGM. And I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, I haven't been Tatooine. on the boards or anything. It's, it's What's going that? to Tatooine. Tatooine. See, that's, <laughs> that's a major win in my book. I'd be okay with that. She just Googled, by the way, what Tatooine was and how to spell, yeah. spell it. <laughs> she knows Tatooine. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did that come out because a, a child asked him in like a Q&A session? <laughs> yeah, at the Stockholm um, meeting. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if that was a plant. Like if you know how like the Apple <laughs> mysterious, the guy mysteriously Good left point. his new iPhone on the bar stool and just happened to be a CNET guy or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, I, I know it, that I, I kind of like Disney's Hollywood. It, Disney's Hollywood Studios has kind of grown on me. I, yeah, I miss MGM. Uh, it, if they change it, I, I'll be cool with it because I think there's a lot of cool stuff to come there. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they decide to do, and a whole bunch of new merchandise possibilities too when they change <laughs> it. <laughs> and speaking you know, of merch, hey, you know, back to you just quickly went past the co-op. That is a fantastic place. I know it's so easy to blow past it because it's kind of low key on the outside, but they have a lot of stuff in it that you can't find anywhere else in the parks, and it's like high quality stuff. 
like signage, you know, like you know, souvenirs, and even like the clothing, like that little um oh shoot, Lou, you probably know is it twenty eighth and Main? Is that the name? Yeah, yeah. There's some great clothes in there that I've I haven't seen anywhere else in the park. And like, you know, vintage, like Disneyland kind of stuff, and like a lot of Mr. Toad stuff in there. It's cool. I like that. Yeah, place. that's what I mean. Like they really sort of look, I, I say what you want. Disney pays attention, right, to what people are saying and what people are want and what people are so they're looking backwards in this renewed sense of nostalgia. Disney says, hey, people want Orange Bird stuff. They want 20,000 League mm-hmm. stuff. They want Mr. Toad stuff. You're, 20th and Main and the, the co-op, ha, that's exactly who and what they are playing to. And I think that it, it clearly is very much appreciated because I also go and see that that merchandise is getting changed over a lot. Right now I see that there's new 20,000 League shirts. I'm like, man, that's really cool. I like that Nautilus mug, not the one from Trader Sam's, but the one that you can get there. So they're paying attention to what people say and more importantly what i think they want and when you find that that retro stuff in there i think that's disney's way of sort of you know yeah i I was really excited (laughs) i was like giving back but yeah they're paying attention (laughs) no i i loved it when we went in there first time i think you and i visited back in when was it when it was february i guess we went right and uh yeah we we got all sorts of stuff all sorts of neat glasses and plates but like you said for me, it was great because I grew up going to Disney World in the 70s, and it was a lot of brought me back to that. So I was thrilled to see it. Yeah, so moving on to April over in Epcot, we start getting previews in the Imagination Theater for Tomorrowland, the film. Uh, we also start getting new limitations on selfie sticks. Not a complete ban yet, but selfie stick limitations on attractions because some people sometimes forget that, hey, maybe it's not the smartest idea sticking out the selfie stick while I'm riding Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, <laughs> we, um, we get some new allergy-friendly menus throughout the resort, starting with the signature restaurants, where now, look, we, we've talked in the past many, many times about just how if you have a special need, if you have a special request, whether it's for diet, mobility, whatever, there's no place more accommodating than Disney. Normally, chefs would, and they still do, come out and talk to you about what your specific requirements are. But now there's specific allergy um, allergy-friendly menus throughout the resort. Again, starting with signatures and really working their way down. So if you're looking for things that are sugar-free, sugar-free or sugar-free, whatever, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, you know, gluten-free or vegetarian or vegan, they're there. And I think that's really a, a really progressive, smart step forward for Disney. Uh, Trader Sam's opens at Disney's Polynesian Village, Vi- Village Resort Bungalows Disney Vacation Club World. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> again, the internet loses its collective marbles because if you've seen the ones out in Disneyland, I actually dig the theming and the story here at Walt Disney World even a little more. You talk about a true theatrical, interactive, adventurers club-like experience. That's what Trader Sam's is. And they also did something brilliant on their part. They create an entirely new set of collectibles, right? By having all the different mugs and the zombie heads and the tiki mugs and the Nautiluses, Nautili, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, if you're a Trader Sam's mug collector, you need to go back and have all seven or eight different drinks. And they have new mugs um, and different variations of the mugs coming out all the time. I think the food at Trader Sam's is awesome. And yes, a... uh, a Becky free review, live review. Maybe I'll have Johnny and Tony come and do a yeah. live review at uh, at Trader Sam's. Now you're talking when we're all together. Um, over in a week. on what? I'm sorry. In a week, no, when sorry. we're all there, and Tony's yeah, that, there cheering with us. That's not going to work. Saying. Over on the Disney Cruise Line, <laughs> as long as we're in uh, Star Wars mode, 
Disney announces Star Wars changes coming to the Disney Dream, as well as the new Vanellope Von Schweetz and Treats and the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and the Toy Box Disney Infinity Experience over at the Oceaneers Club. I mean, again, what they're doing to the spaces for kids, I know a lot of us wish they were doing to uh, the, the spaces for adults as well, but um, I, I'm looking forward to getting back on the dream because, Becky, uh, I think we need to have a pajama party in the, uh, yeah, in the Ocean Yeah, I will tell again. you, I, I was on the dream not too long ago, and the space that they turned over into the Star Wars area, if you're an adult, go in there when it's open house because you can sit there and you can you can uh, fly and get go into hyperspace and all of a sudden kids are around you and you don't care. Wow, for you not to <laughs> care about kids. You have taken you, you have taken over their space and it is so fun. Becky, what's what's the name they of the what's to... the name of the ship that you can fly? Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I'm gonna let you play into that. I'll just I'll just let yeah. you go ahead and keep and Googling. Feel go ahead. So wonderful about <laughs> yourself, is, right? Johnny, now. this is what Becky sounds like when it's, she's stalling and Googling. So moving on. Wow. Um, finally, after years uh, of waiting and researching and writing and it moving down the to-do list, uh, I finally released my Tomorrowland audio tour of the Magic Kingdom, which was only about Five or six years overdue from the last one, but that finally was able to uh, complete the circle of life and complete the series, which was a lot of fun. And for the first time ever, I actually released a two-disc compilation, which I had never done before because it was just too much stuff, and I I couldn't pare it down to 78 minutes, but it was nice to finally complete that. And at some point, I will get to Epcot and the studios and to Animal Kingdom and redo New Fantasyland, but... I've got other things on the uh, on the front burners instead. Uh, moving on to May, the final, unfortunately, at least for now, Expedition Everest Challenge took place on May 3rd. That was a really neat uh, event that I think has been going on for, what, five or so years. Uh, I did it once, twice, don't know. It's a nighttime race that took, takes place in Animal Kingdom, but obviously with all the construction that's going on, I think that's why it's at least been put on hold for the time being. Um, There's also been a couple other things that they were testing out in the parks where you can pre-order your food at Disney's Hollywood Studios using your smartphone. If you download the Express Order app and you're eating at Backlot Express or Fantasmic, you could actually pre-order your meals before you even get there. Nowhere else in in the world (laughs) do you do... Like, let's go to Italy and today we're going to go here and we're going to eat this and pre-order a meal um, but I think especially for people that like to plan, the uh, the planning is definitely part of the fun. A couple other nice surprises, too. Well, a nice surprise and a sad surprise was during Star Wars weekends, which proved to be the last one. That's the sad surprise. Uh, was the, reg- the Rebel Hangar, the Star Wars lounge experience at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. I went there a couple of times at night. And I think that's sort of the the testing, the proving grounds for what will eventually be sort of the Moss Eisley type cantina that we know is coming to Star Wars lands. Um, the nerd in me got excited when things like Superhero Headquarters opened at Disney Springs. They announced Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. I love the tie-in to the Indiana Jones franchise. They also announced that some new waterside villas were going to be coming to Wilderness Lodge, 26 one-story Disney Vacation Club units, which obviously are are rentable as well, like the overwater bungalows at um, the Polynesian. And over at uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, the Harambe Market, 
opened. We did a uh, we did a live show, and I think even I did a, a video there with the with the grill and the sausages and the different types of beverages. Really, again, expanding the different types of unique offerings that um, you can find in the parks beyond the burgers and hot dogs. And Disney Cruise Line announces they're coming to Galveston, Miami, and New York. And 15 minutes later, we announced the WDW Radio e-ticket adventure <laughs> next November 2016, <laughs> leaving out of New York to Puerto Rico. Uh, over at World, the great movie ride gets new clips and a new narrator with Robert Osborne as part of the Turner Classic Movie Partnership. But uh, Je- Becky, you said, and I think for, for me too, the big event was the Alaska cruise, and not to sort of rehash it because we did do a recap show and videos about it, but of all the cruises that we've done over so many years, there is nothing like, I mean, again, that was sort of a perfect, not that there was a storm, but it's sort of a perfect storm of an amazing group of people. I love the, the classic ships and going to a destination that's unlike any other cruise line destination. Alaska is still far and away. One of my all-time favorite Disney memories, anytime, anywhere. It was amazing. And Alaska really is its own special guest, even though we did have a wonderful guest on board. This was so breathtaking. And remember the day at the Glacier? If we could have two or three days of that at the Glacier, that would be the most perfect vacation ever, for sure. But we got to do um, the shore excursions as groups in the different things we got to share together, like the whale watching and uh, other things we got to do off of the ship as well. But that really was, and I hate to say it too, the perfect storm, but it was one of the most amazing cruises we've done so far. Absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't on that one, but I I followed your photos and – you know, I'm getting to the point where I can kind of sniff out these situations where you can see a picture someone is taking and go, you know what, I can guess that that picture doesn't really do it justice. And I, yeah. that's the impression I got from what you guys were seeing. And I think we said that over and over again about Alaska. You know, you can see the color of the blue. You can see the smile on people's faces, but it cannot convey accurately what that experience really is like. Yeah, so true. And I, I would, again, let's do that one again. Can we do that one again? <laughs> I, would abs- I would absolutely do Alaska yeah. again. I would do Alaska again in uh, in a heartbeat. So, that was um, amazing. Quickly, in July, Captain EO comes back. It's going to leave again in December. The magic dis- of Disney animation is set to close. The internet explodes. Come December, the internet ex- will explode again for different reasons. But I want to quickly move to August Again, we, we talked at length, we broadcast at length from Disney's D23 Expo, but that was just filled of announcement after announcement after announcement of what was coming in both the short and the long-term game you know, at the parks around the world, Star Wars Land and the Launch Bay and Toy Story and Pandora and Rivers of Light and you know the, the, the uh, Moana and all the different films. I mean, that really felt to me like it was one of those... Um, experiences where they really were opening up the floodgates of giving us announcements of stuff to start getting excited about again. I know Tony and Becky, you guys were there, and that was really, I think, one of, not just one of the best-run D23s, but it was really the most fun D23s because of all the different stuff that was going on, coming at you from so many different directions. Yeah, going to see the uh, some of the presentations, specifically the Parks presentation, and the uh, animated studios for the animation presentation. I left there so excited for everything that's coming, which was nice. Um, I've been to, this was my third D23, but this one more than others, I really left there 
really stoked, excited, like I saw behind the scenes. And I can't wait for a lot of this stuff. I'm counting the days till some of these things like Moana happen. What was the one, the one thing that you were most excited about coming away from D23 Expo? Star Wars. I mean, everything about Star Wars. You know me. I'm a major Star Wars nerd. Everybody knows that. Um, and when I saw you're going to have a park with a like, full-size Millennium Falcon, um, all of that, all the different things they were talking about was great. And then just to see the new movies coming out, which now we've everybody's seen the movie. We're not. Are we? Are we able to talk now, or is it like still spoiler? It's still zone spoiler. We got to be spoiler. Spoiler okay. free. I, I, I went to Christmas with my friend. Becky hasn't like, seen Empire yet, hey. so give you know. What? Wow. He's like. Darth Vader's Luke's father? What? Are you what? kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen all of them oh. except for the new one. Leave me alone. Uh, right. Oh, my goodness. I well, saw it three times waiting for. But, and and honestly, if we weren't recording tonight, we were going to see it again. <laughs> I saw it again I'm, yesterday. I'm, so 100% tell the truth. I saw it again yesterday for but, the second of at least three times. And seeing it on the cruise is going to be awesome. Um, I know. Speaking I, of... For, Sorry, for D23, I wanted to say there's there's two things that I had uh, walkways with as well was the amazing things that are coming to Shanghai because yeah. seeing the, that pavilion was incredibly cool and seeing the technology and the things that they're going to pull forward for that location. But also I had the first time ever you actually threw me your unlocked phone. Oh, yeah. Well, I, because Which I has never happened in our entire friendship. You have never thrown me your unlocked phone before. Only because I wanted the, the uh, you know, a picture with the picture with the evil queen. From once upon we, we learned of your love of all things Lana. She's like and my, then any, she's like my kryptonite. Exactly. You threw me your unlocked phone again. That'll never just happen for again. Um, exactly. Unless the evil queen comes around. But that was just a takeaway for me. Just saying. So, Tony, I know you love Star Wars, but you'll never participate in this because in September they announced the Star Wars Marathon for Walt Disney World, which when we first heard a marathon was coming that was Star Wars themed. A lot of people were surprised and disappointed. It went to Disneyland first. Now you've got the light side in Disneyland, the dark side coming in April of 2016 in Star Wars. Uh, it might just yeah. encourage me to do a 5K. No, this whole, this whole combining the something as beautiful as Star Wars with a marathon, it felt like a personal attack. I'm not happy about this at all. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being quite honest with you. I'm, I, I'm displeased. This, it broke my heart when I found out, oh, look, you can – because I'm going to buy that – I'm going to buy those uh, – I'm going to buy all the medals on eBay afterwards. Anybody <laughs> who's running, you want to, you want, I'll pay for the medal. I'll donate money. Just sell me your medal. I don't care. Nice. Like that. I'm not, I'm not above it. I'll nice. do it. Could you ride like a Is hoverboard and still qualify? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Johnny, I'm going to tell you something. For the 5Ks of the marathon, man, you, you hang with me. I have a utility belt that's got Doritos and Twizzlers and bagels. We walk, we eat, we have a good time, and we get the same exact medal as everybody else. Oh, you walk. Oh, oh uh, all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I mean, I could be walking through the parks, going to a bus or mine, and the doors are closing. And I, if I could run, I would make it. I said, nope, not <laughs> going to run. The only thing I'll run for is the ice cream man. Yeah. It made me think of the Eddie Murphy. Ice cream! Ice cream. The old yeah, Eddie Murphy skit. Mr. Softy that does the whole 5K, I'll be right behind him. But I'm not otherwise. Ice cream. You <laughs> didn't get none. On a tech side of things, there was a couple of things that Disney did that I, that I really, really liked that maybe sort of were, were glossed over. Um, one, you you know, a lot of people, when you don't get to the parks as often as you like and you see on the blog all this new merchandise come up, 
they get frustrated because there was no way to get it. You know, you, there, a lot of the Disney stores are closed or it's, it's theme park specific. The fact that you could now shop for a lot of theme park merchandise right from the app, I think made a lot of people and American Express very, very happy um, because <laughs> it gave them the opportunity to get stuff they wouldn't have been able to get otherwise without maybe going to a third party or going on Facebook or a Usenet news group asking people to get it for them. But something else they did too was they launched a new Twitter uh, account. Uh, it's at WDW Today. And that account was specifically created for guests, specifically in park, right, to give them instant answers to questions. And what I love about it, and I've really been sort of watching it closely for the past few months, is the way that Disney is managing that app, uh, managing that account is very engaging, right? It's very simple. So if you have a simple question about where's the best place to watch fireworks or how do I get from here to there or what, they're, they're very quick and it's very personal, right? I think there's something very humanizing about that account because you make, you, it, you're made to feel as though there's a real person on the other end responding to you. Have any of you guys asked them any questions or interacted with the account at all? Because they're very, very active. Your, your questions or your comments normally don't go unanswered or liked. Or I haven't not. tried it, but what I thought was interesting about it was, you know, you look at the traditional, you know, their main account, and it's a lot of broadcasting about, you know, stuff that's going on, or, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. They have how many million followers, and it's impossible for them to, you know, respond and have that that interactivity. Just It'd be just like a floodgate of stuff coming at them. But I looked at that, and I saw, thought, holy smoke. I mean, they actually are being interactive here with this and that's impressive for you know, the size of that company and the, the following that that that's mind-blowing to think that they can do that and it's one of those things too that when you get a response right it's like getting a response from a celebrity when you're getting a response from disney you get all excited or they retweet something that you tweet if you and if you use the at wwt today they pay very close attention to it and they, they do respond, and you're right, Derek, it, it, from a social media perspective, it is not a broadcasting of a marketing message. It is there as a tool to assist you. So you don't need to go to the app or even find a cast member, whatever it may be. You can sort of put those questions out there, and you know you're going to get a response directed towards you as opposed to uh, simply a broadcast. And they're quick. They They're are really quick, quick on, those, on those replies. You know, kudos to them. They had kind of perfected that at the Disneyland Today account when they were um, starting to run the test on the interactivity. And remember when they did the um, – on uh, Radio Springs Racers where you'd get off and you'd uh, take a picture and you'd post something about how great Radio Springs Racers was. They would catch you and then put uh, a picture, send you back a picture mm -hmm. of one of the uh, loving cups with your name on it. Yeah. Which was so impressive. So I'm glad to see them doing it out at uh, at Disney World now. And if you watch, you know, the clearly the, the people or, or the team that's managing that account are Disney fans. Like I see the jokes, I see the comments, I see some of the. So they get it, right? It's not somebody at a call center somewhere that's just trying to reply with right. you know, basic answers. They're they're very very engaging and they're very friendly. And I think that's the key. I think that's what makes the account smart and like personal. Said, yeah, very very different very different as well um very quickly because it's been like four minutes since i talked about food in september there was a new fairy tale fairy tale wishes dessert cruise more importantly on september 30th something special happened did you hear it 
Did you hear it when the doors to Mormoto Asia opened? Did you hear the screams of delight from wee little Lou Mangello? Sweet, fancy Moses, that place is, is that- good. Is that the first night that they ran out of sushi because you showed up? Yes, and Iron Chef Morimoto was there. They made a, like a 30-foot-long tuna roll. No tuna got left behind, I promise you. <laughs> um, I'll do a full review, but I will tell you, man, you talk about a Pretty place that's helping to define what Disney Springs is becoming and, and bringing very unique upscale but not formal, if that makes any sense, dining to Walt Disney World. I, the Morimoto Asia experience is like they pulled – a Morimoto Asia out of like Chelsea in New York and dropped it into Disney Springs and the food is except hey Tony and Johnny the, two, the three of us should go there one night and do a live review yeah yeah super you will not uh, I will not object to that but you know what I think is interesting man I haven't had a chance to get there yet but everyone I've talked to including you has said the same thing you know in Orlando in the greater Orlando area there's a lot of restaurants with celebrities names on them but that doesn't always mean that you're going to get the best food. I'm not going to name names, but this is a definite sign of what they want to do is, yeah, we want to have a recognizable name, but it, it can't stop there. It's got to be an amazing experience, and the food's got to be fantastic too. And that's, that's exactly – yeah, that's exactly what they do. And I was even there a couple weeks ago for a, uh, a sake 101 lesson and tasting. And, and they, I, I, I tell you this, at the end of December 2015, the outside – upstairs seating area of Morimoto Asia will be far and away the hottest spot in Walt Disney World within six months. Once they start opening up that other section of Disney Springs and you have that area to look out over, it is spectacular. The views are spectacular right now, even of just construction. But you sit outside, you get a little lean tuna, you get a little sake, nice night. I'm just telling you. Is that facing a direction where you would see illuminations? Uh, dude, I don't know. I know at the boathouse you can. <laughs> He's looking down his plate. He's I'm looking at dude. I have. <laughs> uh, it, it where it's so where it's, it's the uh, the seating area faces um, where all the current construction is going on. So sort of more. It probably not because it's really more in the direction of um, the Buena Vista Drive. Yeah. So on Hotel Plaza Boulevard. So. Um, Let's see. All right, a couple of other quick things in September and October that were going away. One Man's Dream was announced that it was closing. It's announced that the final series season of the Osborne Lights was going to be this year. The internet implodes once again. Mulch, Sweat, and Shears ends October. The internet explodes like Alderaan. There's a lot of imploding and exploding going on at, at the loss of some things, but there was a great sort of final showing of fandom, and I know Dar- uh, we were out there as well. Um, really good time. But I will tell you, too, the uh, the new Hocus Pocus Villains Spelltacular at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party was really a, a lot of fun, man. And I know I go back and forth on which of the parties that I like. But the Sanderson Sisters, man, the internet was happy once again. And Hocus Pocus DVDs and Betamax films were flying off the shelves because that new show was a lot of fun. Any of the three of you jokers happen to go to the party this year? Yeah, buddy. That was good. <laughs> and I didn't think I was going to like that. I'm going to be honest with you. But I don't, I, like, I don't normally like stage shows, honestly. Well, well you know, what's funny is I, I had a, a family member who was there with me and uh, saw she was, is that Bette Midler up there? <laughs> she looked so much like Bette Midler. Yeah, they were excellent. I mean, they were excellent. It was a lot, you know, my daughter, too, the same thing was like, oh, I don't want to see. I don't really like them. And like three minutes in, like we're singing 
I don't want to say that I was dancing because it doesn't matter. There's no video, but it was just a really, really fun show. They really added a couple of nice things to uh, the Halloween party this year. Um, let's see. A couple other things. Jock Lindsay's open in Disney Springs. The internet and Lou Mangiello get excited again. Tortuga Tavern changes the menu. Pecos Bills changes the menu. I dig them both. A little bit of barbecue, a little bit of Mexican in the uh, in the parks. And the food and wine classic takes place at the Swan and Dolphin. Uh, let me tell you, man, October's a good month for food, traditionally, in Walt Disney World. Food and wine festival's going on. Food and wine classic is there. New restaurants are open. I must have gained, like, 19 pounds in October this year. You know, it seemed like they tightened up the menus a little bit this year in food and wine. And not to say that it was bad before, but uh, they kind of concentrated. That's where in some menus you might have had four or five offerings, and then it was down to two or three. But you can tell, like, they really focused hard, and they were putting out good quality stuff. Not that they weren't before, but I was really impressed this year. It's like, wow, this is they kicked their game up a notch. I didn't think they could do it, but well, they did. Well, I think what they're doing when you say by tightening, I think they're doing a couple of things. I think they're bringing back things that they know are the classics, right? The, the, the fan favorites that they know people look for every year, but they also want to mix things up and bring in some new flavors. They start, you know, looking at some of the trends like the, the nitrogen, frozen different stuff. Um, there was the, the um, not the Chew Lab. Was, yeah, the Chew Lab was there too, uh, playing off the... the uh, the Chew television show, but I agree. I really like the food this year a lot. Not that I've ever met food and wine that I didn't like, but I like the food and wine a lot um, this year. Uh, I want to quickly just blow through the last few things because I know we're going long. Um, Club Disney. Anybody see Club Disney yet over at Sunset Showcase in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios? I'm reluctant to take my kids over there because I know that I'll never get them out. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I've talked to a few people who've been there and they said it's phenomenal. They said just it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you see – and the thing about it um, – and this is why I'm, I feel like a jerk for not taking my kids over there. <laughs> but I said – he said you should see the kids' faces. They're just having the times of their lives. And that's one of those things that I, I talk to a lot of people about and they say, you know, why do you spend so much time doing some of these kind of fringe – shows or activities or things and not spending your time doing like the big t- like tower of terror or, you know that you know those are cool but some of these things like that you know you can see families having so much fun and that's what it's about it's not about you know, checking a list off of all the different attractions it's about having a good time well and to your point and tony you could maybe you know because you go as often maybe it, it doesn't impact you as well but you know when stitch's supersonic celebration was there and the tomorrowland stage is there with the dance parties I was like, you know, I, I will admit that I changed my tune, no pun intended, about my thoughts on it. Because first, the, the, you know, the nerdy Disney geek nostalgic was like, you know, this really doesn't fit into the story of Tomorrowland. And I'm going, I'm sort of weaving the backstory in my head, how it would fit there. And then I realized that I was wrong, right? Because those experiences are not made for us. And what I mean by that is they're not made for the nerdy people that are so worried about how closely it may fit into the story because that's yeah. not that that storyline is really for the less than 5% of the people that that go all the time and really want to peel back the layers of the onions those things are there for us right who are parents of kids who know that when our kids are out there dancing with Pluto or Mr. Incredible or Stitch or Frozen or, or uh, Frozone, not Frozen, fro- or Frozen, or, and Chippendale or whomever over at Club Disney, 
those are the things that we're going to remember. Those are the things that get us choked up when we see our kids' reactions. Those are the things that we're going to videotape on our phones and look back and play for them on prom night you know, 15 years later. So <laughs> I, I've changed my opinion because I understand why they're there. I understand the importance and I understand what that's going to mean in terms of memories that people bring home from the parks. Yeah, that's one of those things, like yourself, I grew up going to Disney and for years I went when I was in my 20s and when I met Charlene and my wife and uh, the two of us went, just the two of us. And then we had the kids and as they get older, also I see we used to kind of just buzz. I'm sure you did the same thing. Well, you'd buzz past all that stuff. You're going to hit the rides and do this. And also I see the kids' eyes light up because, you know, um, Mr. Incredible is on the dance floor. And all of a sudden I find myself spending a lot more time. And you know because we've sat there with Jordan, Dylan, Nick, Marion just – working up a sweat, dancing, on, you know, <laughs> seriously, like they're about to pass out when they're done. They're just going crazy. And it's as happy as I've seen them in the parks with some of that stuff. So, Johnny, that's, that's the play right there. You bring the kids there, you knock them out, you put them in a stroller and take them home. Yeah, that's, what, <laughs> yeah. that's how we roll. Like, what can <laughs> Lou and I are like, Deanna and Charlene, like, we're going to go for a walk. It's like, well, what can we do to knock these kids out? <laughs> <laughs> And there's the real story. <laughs> it's girls night. We got to knock these kids out. <laughs> What's the plan? What's the play here, Lou? So let me just quickly jump into um, December. And I know I'm sort of skipping over a, a bunch of things here and there. Captain EO closes. Um, there's a few things. I, I will tell you as a local, we're starting to see Pandora, the world of Avatar, come to life. The floating mountains are starting to rise up into the sky. Um, there's some very interesting concept art if you go to animal kingdom now all i will say is on some of those walls there's a very familiar looking dragon if you happen to be in new fantasy land a couple of years ago the new skipper canteen opens in walt disney world the internet collectively rejoices and puts on their stretchy pants and i will do a full review because dr albert falls has done an exceptional job of not just the food but theming and storytelling, and you talk about connecting experiences together, it feels like an, a direct extension of the Jungle Cruise on one side and the Adventurers Club on the other. I won't spoil it if you haven't been there yet. And hey, Johnny and Tony, would you guys come down? We should go to Skipper Canteen too. Yeah, I'm dying to do that one. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I'm in love. I peeked, I peeked I my that. head in there the, 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 on the soft, soft opening and was blown away with what I saw. Like that, you remember how when Be Our Guest was, was ramping up? There was a lot of PR about it. There was a lot of buzz. This one kind of snuck in. It wasn't as much buzz as, as with that one. But I, I looked in and I was like, wow, this is really cool. They did a nice job. I'm going uh, to give you a, a little secret, too, uh, about the, the, uh, the Skipper Canteen. First of all, give yourself a um, give yourself a, enough time to go in there and look around because there's there's very cool stuff. But what you really want to do is, no matter what, get the appetizers of the Falls Family Falafel. It's fry, five little fried. Wait a minute, five <laughs> little fried falafel like balls. They are ex- insanely, insanely good. That's uh, yeah. That sounds good. I th- I've never seen that on the menu. And there's a couple of things on it I saw that I thought was interesting to me because, you know, I wasn't sure. What, we no one knew what was going to come there. Was it going to be just another burger and chicken tender kind of place? Just you know, whatever. But I saw the menu. I thought, oh my goodness, they really, really shot 
for the moon on that one. There's yeah. a lot of really adventurous stuff on there. And that's exactly, dude, nice word. Nice play right there. It's very adventurous. So it's, a very eclectic, yeah, it's a very eclectic, it's a very eclectic, very eclectic menu. So we'll, uh, we'll have to go there without Becky when you guys come down. Nice. Um, and speaking of the Adventures Club, did, did we can't forget there was the reboot of the Comedy Warehouse this month. Yeah, so the I haven't seen it yet, but the Chris, the holiday special of the Comedy Warehouse players are back in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it's awesome. I've seen a few shows. It's great. It, it makes me miss the, the you know the old Pleasure Island clubs. Like when I see that stuff, you talked about Adventures Club, the Comedy Warehouse, and they they're really good. And you dig, you really, I mean, look, you go to the parks more than I do, and you really do like and appreciate the live entertainment. I know you're, you, you know, that's one of the things you really pay close attention to. I, you know what I think is interesting about it is, you know, if you go to the Haunted Mansion, which is probably my favorite attraction, and you can replicate that experience over and over again. You see it a hundred times, you see the same experience, you have the same experience. When you go to a live show, whether it be a musical show or like a comedy warehouse kind of thing, you never know what you're going to get. And it's, it's, that's a neat thing to me. And when I see these people do that, I go, wow, they're talented. Like there's no way I could do what they do, whether it be you know, the musicians or the performers. It's really impressive to me. And, you know, some of that stuff's starting to go by the wayside, unfortunately. And I wish it wasn't the case because um, there's some, just some amazing people that do some great stuff here. But, you know, when I see it come up, I, I love it. Absolutely a great time every time it comes up. And I want to sort of end out the the look back at things that happened at Walt Disney World on a high note uh, in terms of, and I think it sort of embodies a lot of things that we love about the parks and love Disney because something old is new again and we sort of see the return of some old friends. And the three Caballeros uh, auto animatronics were very quietly, literally in a matter of hours overnight, brought into um, the Grand Fiesta Tour and Panchito and Jose and Donald they were sort of sent off to Japan with the Mickey Mouse Review um, when the show was moved from Walt Disney World to Tokyo Disneyland. And then when the show closed in, in 2009 in Japan, there were rumors that maybe they were going to come to Epcot. They never did. And then at one point um, in December, D23 just tweeted, say, hey, if you're in Epcot, come meet us here at 11 o'clock. We had no idea what to expect. It was me and maybe four or five other people. And we were one of the first to ride um, the the new... Um, the new, well, I can't say the new attraction, but it's the sort of the refreshed attraction with the original figures that originally debuted in Walt Disney World back in 1969. Again, I think it's one of those things that where Disney and D23 and the archives, they all sort of pay attention to this renewed sense of nostalgia. And it really did offer a fresh little ending. Becky, I know I don't think you've been here to see this yet. I might mm -hmm. actually take you there if you take me to La Cava right after. But uh, Johnny or Tony, have you guys? Tony, you, it was here after you left. But John, have you seen it yet? I haven't. I've, I've, I've seen what you put out about it, but I haven't actually gone in there and seen it yet. I've been past it a couple times, but just haven't had the time. But that, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Just It seems like there is this new, re, you know, renewed sense of trying to go back to some of the things that we knew and love when you were younger and about the, when the park was younger too. And I love that. That's cool that they're doing that. Yeah. So let me just ask you very quickly um, a couple of, uh, well, I'll ask you this looking back on Walt Disney world specifically in 2015 uh, as a Disney fan, how would you rate it on a scale of one to 10 overall with all the things that have come and gone, or maybe even been announced of, of what's to coming, uh, Becky and then Tony and then Johnny, give me sort of a one to ten scale rating of how 2015, hindsight being 2020, 
looks to you in the rearview mirror? Uh, that's that's a really tough question that's because why are I you gave basing, it to you first. I know because then are you basing it on what's to come? Because obviously, 2015 is chock full of information and ideas and and teasers and things that are coming just around the corner that we're kind of dealing with now. So so I want you to give me your uh, answer and explain to me why you give it that. I'm going to get well, I, I'm going to go with a nice solid 7.5. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and again, and it's because I'm seeing uh, while things are closing down and while the world of walls is kind of coming up in places, we're also seeing the progression of what's right around the corner. We're seeing uh, Disney Springs taking on life. We're seeing, um, yeah, while we're losing Osborne, we know what's going to come uh, take its place in a little in a couple of years. We also are seeing how Animal Kingdom is now blossoming into not just a during-the-day park. It's going to, to be a, a place that we're going to enjoy – in the nighttime hours, which we've never been able to really do before. So I think it's um, it's been difficult to try to make our way to those, to the progress, but getting more information, seeing more of the storyboards. D23 was just a, a phenomenal amount of information to get excited about. That's what I base it on. Fatiano, uh, Caggiano? Unlike the very bitter judge from Snoqualmie. I'm going to go with 5. Yeah, I'm I'm one of these guys that I love the anticipation of it as much as the act of seeing it. Uh, Half the fun growing up and today is anticipating my Disney vacation, looking forward to it. So the anticipation that they built up this year for me, it might even be a 9, I mean, for me, because the – Seeing what's going coming with Pandora and has a lot. I guess it had a lot to do with what I saw at um, D23 as well. Coming back around to that, but and, but getting in there and this was the first time when I was there two weeks ago to see how how much uh, Disney Springs has come along. And I was I'm so excited about that, which is nice because I wasn't for so long. Pleasure Island. We were joking around. There was a point like two or three years ago where you're shopping in the marketplace and you're going to the West side. And I grew up in a tough area in the Bronx and I'm walking through pleasure Island, and I turned to Charlene. And I was like, I feel like we're going to get jumped. It's so dead. <laughs> no, it, it was like abandoned. And it was sad to me as a guy who had an annual pass to pleasure Island. And sincerely, I went every single night. So to see it, I've never been one to cry over things that are lost because I'm always excited to see what's new, but to see something kind of stagnate was sad to me, which is what happened at Pleasure Island. And now it's just, it's booming. So this year they've had that going on. Obviously the Star Wars land, Toy Story land. It seems like every park either has something awesome or has something awesome that's coming. Um, The Skipper's Canteen, new restaurants. As a guy who goes down there a lot, we've talked about it a thousand times. I love my attractions. I love seeing them. But I'm more about everything else now when I go, uh, seeing the different shows, seeing it's a huge thing to look forward to for me. Like the excitement is what's new every time I go. I'm lucky enough that I get to go every few months and there's still something. There's always at least one or two things. And now there's so much new to look forward to every time I go back. I didn't even see things that have opened. I didn't get to see uh, 
Trader Sam's this past trip, and I'm looking forward to getting to see that. Just, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, you know, to hell with Becky seven point five. I'm gonna go nine point oh. But that's I was being conservative. That's me. I'm, I'm the conservative judge. Come on. Uh, no, you just mean. Go ahead, uh, John. Uh, <laughs> Man, you guys are gonna hate me with this one. I, I'm gonna go nine point nine. There's one thing. <laughs> oh, that I just want to steal my thunder. Yeah, <laughs> man. See where this was going. Um, you're, okay, you're, are you the person that you watch um, the the dancing show and you give the people the first week a nine point Oh man, you know I what think they, they got that all wrong. They need to grade some of those poor uh, some of those poor people on a curve. Uh, See, you know, like, like Gary Busey, you know you can't you can't match up he Gary Busey. Gary <laughs> Busey with a high five, and then this he does this to me. Uh, <laughs> here's why I say nine point nine doesn't get a perfect ten because of one little thing, but. Um, 9.9 because, you know, I, I'm very grateful and I'm very fortunate, very blessed to live so close to, to Disney. And every single time that I go, which is multiple times a week, my kids have a blast and I have a blast with them. And it, there's still a ton of things that I haven't done yet because I just – I got I like my, my routine. There's certain things I like to do. But the, to me, the thing that – uh, yeah, there's a lot on the horizon, but there's still a lot there that I haven't experienced yet. And, you know, I'm slowly getting there. And I, I say to myself, you know, what? I'm not bored. Every, I walked I went to the Magic Kingdom today and I walked through the gates there and I just said, man, I'm grateful to be here. And to say that that place is able to do that, I know it has its faults. Um, there's certain things that I wish could be different. But you know what? When you look at the big picture, it's a pretty phenomenal place. And it's amazing to me that it is what it is. And to me, to, to be able to have that in my backyard, uh, for my kids to hang out and grow up and experience and just be in that environment and be happy in this world where there's not a lot of happy to find, um, that's pretty special to me. So that I, I'm, I'm, I'm grading myself on a curve. So I, I've kind of got a different spin than you guys. So my 9.9, don't, don't take that personally. Um, it's just, it's a different, it's, it's a different experience, I think for me. You know, I, I am sometimes accused of looking at things through rose colored glasses. I am sometimes accused of you know, always just being, you know, ha having nothing but good things to say about Disney and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what? And, and maybe that's true. And, and I unapologetically maybe do look at things with rose-colored glasses, not just in a Disney world, but in my world. I, I'm a positive person. I, I look at the positive side of things. And when it comes to Disney, I, I like talking about the things that simply make us happy about going to this place. And Derek, to your point, you know, stripping everything else away, man, I, I walk into those parks and I still get that feeling in my gut. I still get that smile on my face for no other reason that I just enjoy it, right? Whether it's seeing the, the streetmosphere characters on Main Street or the joy of a new restaurant opening or my kids enjoying what's going on or something new. Look, you heard the review last we went to Star Wars Launch Bay, man, and I just like I felt like a kid again. Like, that's what this place still does for me. And as I look back and I see the things that have come, and when I see construction walls, I don't get sad. I get excited. Like, what's been going on at Disney Springs, I understand is frustrating to people. Man, that gets me pumped up because I look at the track record of 40-plus years, and I know that what is coming is better than what was there. 
right? Tony, you talked about what that experience was like. Pleasure Island and Downtown Disney had no story. It had no definition of what it was and what it wanted to be. And what I see starting to trickle down from Boathouse to Ganachery to, uh, you know, uh, Jock Lindsay's and the other experiences, I get excited about what Disney Springs is going to be. I get excited about what Pandora is going to become. I've seen the model like you guys at, at D23 Expo and we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, this is going to be something special. So I, I don't know how to rate it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to one up or point one up at Johnny Shortsleeve and, and give it a 10. Is it somewhere between a, a, a seven and a nine? Right, because I have to not sound like I'm just like you know over the moon about everything, but I, I am, man. Like I look back at what we got this year and the things that are announced, and as a Star Wars fan and a Disney fan and all the things that are coming, I can't help but be excited. And I look back at the experiences that we all collectively had. I don't just mean with you sitting around the table with me, but you, the listener, the ones that we've collectively shared on the show. You know, I, I do get excited about what has happened, and I get even more excited about what's to come. So is that a very long-winded way of not giving you an answer? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yep, yes it is. But I would say, you know, I'm, I'm probably in the high eights, low nines, right? Because I understand why things happen, right? I understand why construction walls are up. I understand why things close or... or Acts have to go away or things have to happen or Osborne lights have to go. Yeah, man, is it sad? Absolutely. But do I understand the, the legitimate reasons why those things happen? Of course I do. And so the little bit of nostalgic in me gets sad. But then I also know, you know what? What's coming? What's going to be here in a couple more years when we're looking at this world of Star Wars, whatever it's going to be called, is going to be better than anything that we've seen before. And that's what gets me excited, man. That's what gets me jazzed up i don't look at it as the end of the year i look at it as the you know the new opportunities that are going to come in 2016 um if i asked you to give me a single prediction and not not just be for 2016 that's going to be a, a separate show but maybe a prediction for what you think may be coming to the parks or coming to the guest experience as we start to, to turn the page or turn the corner and baby new year uh, starts to, to head on in is there anything that you would sort of venture a guess or a prediction as to what you think might be coming or might be installed in store for the future of Walt Disney World? I've got an idea. Right I on. think we're, my, uh, my guess, and I'll tell you why I'm going to guess this, I think we're going to see some changes to the food program coming up in the year. And that's kind of a very generic thing, but here's my thought. Um, Disneyland is doing some amazing stuff with their food program. And not to say Disney World isn't, but the changes that you're seeing there don't necessarily or haven't matched the changes you're seeing at Disney World. And you're already seeing some glimpses like what you mentioned with the Jungle Cruise Skipper Canteen. That menu is insane. It's awesome. Um, and I think they might be trying to just tiptoe into that, that, that field of saying, look, we know the guests, some of the guests, they want burgers, they want hot dogs, they want chicken tenders. That's fine. We have places for them. Well, we'll continue to serve and we'll do that well. But we also have guests who are here on vacation and they want to be adventurous and they want to try something new. And we want to give them that those experiences. And you're starting to see that. And even some of the, you know, the menus that have been around, like for example, uh, Artist Point, 
we're seeing you know a new chef and a new menu, and it, they've kept some of the the staples there, but there's some new stuff they're introducing, and they're knocking it out of the park. So, pardon the pun, but it's I think it's something that we, we probably will start seeing more of. Yeah, and I think in addition to that, what I was going to say is similar to that, based because of the food um, and experience we had when we went to Jock Lindsay's this past trip was the. It seems like such a simple idea. The places like Indiana Jones, it's the menu is nine food items. I think we ordered them all, but um, but the wait staff it was so immersive. Uh, our waiter was incredible. He was a blast, and he was very much in character the whole time. And I think the future, looking at what they have with Pandora and what they were talking about with um, Star Wars land. It's just more immersive. It seems like everything's going to be more immersive. You're not just going to go in Star Wars land and go to a restaurant and order the Wookiee burger or whatever it is. You're going to go in there. (laughs) Man, that sounds bad. But I was going to the Tasha station to pick up a Wookiee burger. (laughs) No, but you're going to go in there and they're they're talking about the waitstaff and the people walking around, the people working the kiosks are all going to be in character. Pandora, the same thing. And we're already seeing it with the Skipper Canteen and once again, Jock Lindsay's, which I keep coming back to. But there's the, the more immersive experience to me, I'm so excited for. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. I think that is what's coming into the future at Disney. I think Rest we're going to see. Wookie Burger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're going to see more individual engagement experiences. I think that they're going to find, use different immersive technologies and innovative technologies to help tell the story in different ways. And the food experiences that you guys are talking about, I think are the the tip of the, the Wookiee burger, basically. But, um, but between sitting, seeing what they're doing with the Twitter account and seeing what's, what they're talking about with the technology and the magic bands, personalizing the experiences and making them more of a um, an individual engagement, I think, is hopefully right around that corner because that'll make you uh, more entertained and more immersed in that experience. I, I hope that that's what we're going to see. I think that's really interesting, and I and I agree with a lot of what you guys said, especially about the immersive, interactive, and more personalized experiences. I think what you have been seeing in the past. 18 months in terms of magic bands is very much um, scratching the surface of what them, they, and that technology is going to do. Um, I think that you're going to see some things like, uh, we're starting to sort of see it already with how the changes to the annual pass system is in terms of the platinum and the platinum plus and the silver and the gold and and the the different blackout dates to help thin the herd. I think you're going to see some additional pricing changes um, coming for the seasons as well. I think your ticket prices may vary in price depending on when you come to Walt Disney World. Um, most other places do that, you know, travel destinations do that. I wouldn't be surprised to see it in terms of, of normal ticketing for for day guests and vacationing guests coming to the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you love lights and motors action, you better go take a look because I don't think that is going to be uh, long for this world. Uh, I also think that Tomorrowland, and I've been saying this for a while. I think that Tomorrowland is um, is going to undergo some changes and improvement and expansion. Um, I think I would keep an eye on the arcade area where um, something old might be new again. Um, 
I think that you're going to see another big resort announcement, not necessarily the addition of a brand new resort. Um, I I don't think it would be too far removed from the realm of possibility to see the garden wings at the contemporary change. Um, mm-hmm. Those have been there for a long time. That's, they are the least expensive rooms at which is a little sort of tip of the week so um, you can get uh you can get a great room at the contemporary if you go for the garden wing cheaper than the tower but you know there are incredible views and it's you know you're close to the main building without necessarily so I, I think that might be a place that um that's ripe to change um I think you are going to get more Marvel experiences in the parks. And I don't necessarily mean in the in the next six to 12 months, but I think that plane is very, very definitely in f- flight. Um, my spidey sense is tingling just a little bit. Um, <laughs> if you look at some of the small indicators like the superhero store in Disney Springs, um, merchandise is starting to be sold in the parks. If you look very carefully, especially places like Use Guys merchandise in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, something we did not see. Uh, early on, um, I think that universal licensing agreement is going to change over in time. But the nice thing is, is that there's no rush to do it with so much going on with Star Wars and Pandora. And I think some other franchises of some other Disney owned IP that's going to come into the parks. And I, to that point, don't think that Iger is done doing what he does well. And I think there's going to be more deals coming along the way Uh, he is the acquisition and the partnership guy and i think that's what his legacy is going to be and i don't think before his term is done at disney that he might be done doing what he does um so well um i will say very quickly i I did sort of take a personal reflection back on 2015 um a lot of things happened for me personally and, and and collectively with ww radio um i've done a lot of more things on the, the business side of things with coaching and, and speaking and workshops, and that have allow, ha, has allowed me to do a lot more events on the road, which I have really loved doing. We went a lot of places last year, 2016, are going to do, be doing even more events, coming to New Orleans in February, Iowa in April, San Diego, Las Vegas, Chicago, New York, the Philippines, if you have to be out in the Philippines, um, and other destinations that I won't reveal now because Becky's on the call, but I'll tell wow. Johnny and Tony a little uh, a little bit later on. Um, I want to thank everybody again who's come to a Meet of the Month or watched a Meet of the Month video, who came to the holiday party last month, who contributed in any way to the Dream Team Project, whether it be the charity auction or donating time or donating some of your things to it. We raised more than $5,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And again, your generosity and the running team and, and the the tens of thousands of dollars, I don't even know what the number is yet, that you raised this year is going to sponsor uh, more than just a single child's wish to come to Walt Disney World. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet some more of those children next year. Um, I want to also quickly thank everybody who's a member of the WW Radio team and the blog team. It's gotten bigger and better with a lot more contributors. We now have, I think, 25 people writing for the blog. And if you have never gone to the blog before, go and check it out because they all bring a very different and unique and fun voice to it. Um, The live show has gone through so many changes this year from Ustream to Meerkat to Periscope to three cameras on at the same time. (laughs) Now over to Facebook Live. Um, I've really, really enjoyed reaching and connecting with so many more people in so many more places in different ways. 
Um, I have a lot of exciting things and places planned for next year that I want to share with you. So please follow me at facebook.com slash Lou and turn on notifications uh, for live broadcasts, not just from the parks, uh, but on my other ventures and in the future, probably from Johnny Shortsleeve House at one point. Um, I want to thank everybody who's a member of the WWE Radio Nation. Again, my friends, my extended family, um, really been a great way for me to connect and get even closer to you um, with the video chats. And I've got a lot of new things planned for 2016, some changes and additions to the reward level starting next month, and really been enjoying, you know, watching people do the scavenger hunts and share some of the things that we do in the group. So thank you to everybody who's part of the nation. Uh, I do have new projects. I am going to hopefully release. Maybe that's not the right word. Maybe that's the right word next year. Um, again, the less Becky knows the, the more fun it is for me. Uh, ah! <laughs> and you see when you do that, that's why I don't tell you anything. Oh, um, God. And I, I, I say this, because uh, this is uh, pretend I have nothing to do with what I say. I say this because I want to acknowledge and thank you, the listener, for what you have done. Because you guys are usually the ones that that tell me and that make things these things happen. But 2015 was a, a, an amazing year for the show. And when I say that, I mean you, because you are the one that listen. You are the one that that spread the word and and do all the things that you do. And because of you. You know, we've been, you named WWE Radio Best Travel Podcast for the ninth consecutive year. You give the show more than a thousand five-star reviews. And this week, because of you, Santa brought us an additional present. We were ranked number two in iTunes overall. And that is a testament to you taking the time to listen. I know your time is your most valuable commodity. And the fact that you share it with me uh, means more to me than you will ever know. And I, and I predict for the future even bigger and better things ahead. And I am really excited and hope that you will continue on this journey with me, especially this week, because there's been a very long discussion and journey. Um, I did want to say, of course, thank you as always to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. You are not just a um, uh, a partner, but sometimes a friend. Um, and oh, you I say that am now. grateful for my <laughs> relationship <laughs> again with you and all the things that you have done. Because I, I you know, I'm. I'm with you because I trust you and I know that you take care of the people that that trust you with their vacations and stuff as well. So thank you for all that you have done for me and the show and my extended family, the listeners. So thank you for an amazing 2015. And I guess I will let the cat out of the bag that we will continue our relationship in 2016. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, thank you as well for um, making these great opportunities to meet the listeners and to meet the clients. And, and of course, I have to extend that thank you to my team because they're the ones that take care, such great care to the listeners and um, are so excited about the things that – we haven't really announced yet that are around the corner and the things that we have announced. So I really about all, what about all the stuff that you don't even know about? Yes, I know. And I can't wait for you to tell me. Well, I, I'll tell you a week before. As soon as, soon as Tony gives before. me permission, because whatever Tony says goes. It goes. I, yeah, I gathered that. Move on. We're <laughs> Tony Caggio, man. I, I love you, brother. Um, this is, this has been, a, we had a lot of fun this year. Um, you know, you help keep me fat, and for that, I appreciate Yay! it. <laughs> Lewis, as always, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, uh, and oh, by the way, you can visit Becky Mankin at mousefantravel.com. Tony Caggiano, tell people what they do, what you do, because I, I don't even know, and where they can find you as well. Um, what do I do? I no, you can find me. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Or we have a lot of fun on Facebook, on Instagram, um, Twitter. You know, this is the part where it actually, it actually helps if you tell people what the Facebook and Twitters are. Yeah, I'm getting to that. You were very rudely interrupted me. Um, <laughs> it's Tony Cadge underscore World Slam. If you go, if you look up Tony Cadge on there, it pops up. And I'm Tony Cadge on Twitter. Uh, find me on Facebook. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of Disney stuff. I do a lot of outdoor stuff as well. That's kind of my bag when I'm not running around the parks. So um, we got a lot of stuff planned. You and I for next year. Secret stuff, exciting stuff. Oh, so it should be fun. All the things that we did last time you were here. Becky's lots of gonna, research. She's gonna. Her brains are gonna fall out of her head. Yep. Lots of research and commercial real estate, all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Shh, dude. Oh. <laughs> and, and Johnny uh, short sleeves. And Johnny short sleeve. Um, Johnny short sleeve. Man, listen. I told you, brother. I, I, I dig what you do, man. I dig the Johnny short sleeve philosophy. So I, I want you to do me a favor and, and tell people what it is that you do and what the mission is and where they can find you and what yeah, you want thanks. them to do. Well, thanks, man. And first off, I mean, I appreciate all that you do. And, and uh, I can't say it enough. You do some really great stuff, not only in terms of putting out your Disney content, but, you know, the Make-A-Wish stuff. I mean, it blows me away just how much good you've done in the world. And and what you have done is, is kind of inspired me. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a retired entrepreneur in one field. And then I said, you know what? I need to find a way to create a legacy, do something that kind of my, my kids would be proud of one day when someone asked them what they do. So it started off with dishing out some high five shirts. My give me a high five shirt. If you want to see it, there's lots of pictures of them on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Johnny Shortsleeve. Um, on Instagram, it's there too. It's Johnny Shortsleeve and Twitter. It's just John Shortsleeve because that pesky 15 character limit. So J-O-H-N <laughs> Shortsleeve. Um, the idea is to see if I can hang out with people who do cool stuff like yourself and figure out what makes them tick and figure out if we can tap into some of that good positive vibes uh, that, that are going on and see if we can learn from it, spread it around and do some cool stuff. And you know, the, 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 the nucleus, the idea is you know, if we go out and do something nice for somebody, we're never going to know what the true impact is at that point in time. But chances are very good that it's going to change the course of someone's day. So starting off with, with the high five shirts and kind of encouraging people to walk up to you and give you a high five or encouraging you to go give them a high five. Uh, just check out the the, the the smile on someone's face. You walk up to a stranger, say, hey, man, up top. Hey, man, give me a five. Whatever you say. Uh, I guarantee it'll light up. They they will they'll smile. It'll kind of change the course of their day uh, for the better, and I think that's a really cool thing. So 2016, they've got some really interesting things that are coming on. So uh, some new things and uh, trying to take this idea into a couple of different directions. So uh, definitely, if you haven't uh, we haven't connected yet, I'd love to connect with you. And uh, and Lou, as always, it's always fun to hang out with you and, and do our stuff and talk and uh, dish out high fives together. So. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. And thank you for, for being an inspiration for me. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, I guess that's it. An hour and 40 minutes later. It's <laughs> <laughs> an eventful year. Yeah, there was a lot uh, that happened. There was a lot that we missed. But I want to hear from you, the listener. I want to hear, what do you think was the most powerful, the most important moment or event or announcement in 2016? 2015, you can please tweet me at Lou Mangiello. Go to facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. 
Instagram me or come to the WDW Radio website. Click on podcast, click on this week's episode, and leave your comments in the show note. I promise you that Becky and Johnny and Tony will watch it vigilantly and respond to your uh, your comments there. Again, make sure you follow them all on the social. Gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, and Becky, uh, thank you for a, an amazing 2015. <laughs> I only look forward to, uh, to what's to come because I know it will even be better than what has passed. Right on, man. Yep. See ya. Out where? Out where? Out where? there. Where? Out there. Where? We'll see you out there in the park. <laughs> see you out Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, and who am I kidding, this week, and probably next week, and for the next like 40 years. I am all about Star Wars, really excited about Force Awakens. So, of course, last week's question had to be Star Wars related as we talked about Star Wars in Walt Disney World. And your question was simple. It was just to tell me what was the original name of the shop located outside Star Tours at Disney's Hollywood Studios. The Force is strong with, like, all of you because you got it correct, knowing, of course, that it was Ender Vendors, which was replaced by Tatooine Traders about 1999 or so. The exterior of Endor Vendors actually had a very different look to what you see now. It was themed to resemble the giant shield generator bunker on the forest moon of Endor. But I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing not just for 102 Ways to Save Money for that Walt Disney World book, and all seven of my virtual audio tours of the parks, but I'm also going to send you a Star Wars action figure from my collection, which I promise the rest of which is going on eBay very, very soon. But last week's winner, randomly selected, is Mike Candeas. So, Mike, congratulations. Send me your mailing address. I'll get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as I said during our recap of 2015, on a personal slash WW radio level, I was really excited to finally release the Tomorrowland audio tours after years of work and some delays on getting it finished. Um, it was one of the many new projects I've been working on, a few that I hope to release in 2016, but I'm going to base this week's contest on the Tomorrowland tour itself with a little bit of a twist, because this week's question is a bit of a, of a scavenger hunt. So first, what you need to do is find the title of track number eight on the Tomorrowland audio tour. Now, your question is to tell me what year that opened in Walt Disney World. Got it? So you have until Sunday, January 3rd at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. This week, you're playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money book, all seven of the audio tours to the Magic Kingdom, brand new prize I've never offered before. I hope you have an iPhone 5 or 6 
Because if you win this week, I have an iPhone 5 or 6 slash 6S WDW Radio iPhone case as part of your prize package. So good luck and have fun. going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week, whether it's the first show you've listened to in 2015 or you listen to all of the past episodes. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. And that actually leads me to this week's question of the week. I wanted to tell me what was your favorite episode of the show in 2015? Please let me know by either tweeting me at Lou Mangiello. You can also go to facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, or you can call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Thanks again to all the members of the WDW Radio Nation. If you want to find out how you can help support the show and get cool rewards every month like scavenger hunts and logo gear and backpacks and care packages, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Again, don't forget to go to the website, check out the blog, the newsletter, the videos, and lots more. Got some exciting things in store for the WDW Radio site and community coming in 2015. Also, don't forget to join me every Wednesday for WDW Radio Live, where you can watch and chat with me during my live video broadcast right on Facebook. Follow me at facebook.com slash Turn on notifications or follow me on Twitter at LouMangelo. You'll get notifications when I go live, not just every Wednesday, but other times as I walk through the parks or who knows where I might be. Uh, as much as I love connecting with you guys online, you know, of course, that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. The next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, January 9th. That's during Marathon Weekend. We traditionally have had our meets of the month the Saturday after the half marathon at 1 o'clock at the Tomorrowland Terrace. Anyone and everyone is welcome. Come alone. Bring your friends. Bring the family. Early, stay late. Would love to have the opportunity to meet you in person and say hi and give you a handshake and a hug and say thank you. Other events coming up you can find over at the events page at www.radio.com. You can click on the events tab there. You can find out more about our Star Wars cruise in February, our New Orleans events at February 26th through the 28th, Chicago, the e-ticket adventure, and lots more coming up. I'll also be traveling again a lot more in 2016 to be speaking at conferences and to schools. And to that point, if I can maybe help you by coming to speak to your business at your event or to your kid's school, you can visit loumangelo.com, click on the speaking tab. And I'd love to help you individually turn the thing that you love into something you can do every day and maybe turn your passion into your profession with some personal mentoring or group coaching. My next coaching group is going to launch just after the first of the year. I now have only two spots available for that small group mastermind to sort of help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Visit loumangelo.com, click on the work with me tab, see if I can possibly help you that way. Thanks again to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel, Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine, visit celebrationspress.com. And of course, the biggest thanks goes out to you. And if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. If you like this week's episode, tweet a link out to it. Share it with your friends and comment over on Facebook. Please take just a minute or two and rate and review the show over on iTunes. That is how you have helped the show reach number two overall among all podcasts and iTunes. Again, takes just a minute. You can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for instructions and a link, or just do a search for WDW Radio in iTunes itself. 
And finally, I, I don't know how else to express my sincerest gratitude to you um, for allowing me to do what I do. 2015 has been the best year ever, but hopefully not as good as 2016 is going to be. And I'm grateful to you and for you for taking the time to listen and to email and to enter the contest and to come to events and for allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you in so many ways. Uh, when I say that we're friends, whether we have met yet or not, you continue to show that just by giving me and sharing with me your time. And I hope that you have had an amazing 2015 and look forward to an even more incredible 2016. I am so looking forward to and focused and excited to bring you some new and unique things in the coming months and years here at WW Radio. And if you focus on doing less better, you will accomplish more and with higher quality. And by strategically sacrificing what's not essential or what's stressful and what's unfulfilling to you, you'll not only feel better, but do better and be better. And my best wishes go out to you and your family and your friends and those that you love for a safe, happy, healthy, and exciting new year and the years to come. Thank you so very, very much for listening. Have a great day, a great week, and an amazing 2016. So until next time, see ya. The force is strong with this podcast. I have it. You have it. Disney has it. Lou has that power, too. Hey, Lou, it's Chris, uh, mixed team in the box. I wish everybody in the box and everybody that's listening um, a merry, merry Christmas. God bless everybody. Um, Happy New Year. Everybody take care of themselves and uh, all the best. Um, Just enjoyed the uh, latest one, you know, podcast. Anyway, take care, everybody. Uh, God bless and take care of yourselves. Hello, Lou Mangiello with Darlene Yagi from West Seneca, New York. And it's been a green Christmas that just passed, but that's okay because we've had our snow quantities from last year. And now we're heading into the new year, and it looks like it's going to be a little bit colder, maybe with some snow flurries. But I've got 10 days today until I get to go down and do my first Disney 5K. And then you guys have 42 days until you guys go on the Star Wars cruise, a full day of Disney Star Wars going on the Disney Cruise Line. That is going to be awesome. And then watching the Super Bowl on the big screen on deck. Oh, my. I will be thinking of you guys and toasting to you as I am going to be at a party myself that day. But then we have 313 days until our e-ticket adventure out of New York City. Can't wait to see what you've got planned for that. And then a day or two in Puerto Rico at the end of our cruise. Oh, my. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to see everybody in a few weeks. Have a safe and happy new year. And let's go 2016. See you real soon. Love and hugs. You've 